This is the living manner, the real bread of life, a radio broadcast of the King's Vine Assembly. Remember, God sent His Word, and His Word heals them and delivers them from destruction. Get yourself prepared and your spirit alive as you receive the ministry of God's servant, Reverend Shagun Sam Abejide. God is set to bless you and deliver you from every satanic oppression. Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse 18. And I will ask you to please be upstanding with your voice well raised, loudly raised as we read that one verse. Can we be please can we please be upstanding as we read together? If you come to church without a Bible, you need to be born again again. Please, in this place, we still prefer thank God for your phone. Thank God for your iPad. You always see me with my Bible. The scriptures I read on the pages of the Bible stay. Than the ones on the phone. Because on the, the ones on the phone will search for you. And then tomorrow you forget. But the one you search for yourself remains there. And then if you see a serious believer still having a Bible. It helps. At home I read from the Bible. Please. As workers in this church. I prefer that you have your Bible. You come on this stage to preach. Your Bible must be there. Thank God for your iPad. That's the standard here. We still have to carry our Bibles. God bless you. So let's go. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Can we read it louder one more time? Let's go. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. By the grace of God, I will be preaching on the topic, hindrances to a progressive life. Precious Father, please let your word profit us. Father, please let your word profit us. Every single one in the church today and those who are watching on media platforms, let your word profit us. What is the need for a word when it doesn't profit the people? Father, today, let your word profit us. Speak through me. Touch through me. Save and heal through me. In Jesus' name we pray. You may please be seated. Thank you. Hindrances to a progressive life. The word of God is written for us as a guide to our path. This word of God is given to us all as a guide so that we won't make mistakes, so that we won't do the wrong things, so that we won't choose wrongly. Each day of our lives, we'll have to make choices. We have to, we have to take decisions. Choices are made every day. Choice of who to marry. Choice of what kind of business to do choice of where you put your funds. A lot of people have put their funds on things 
They didn't ask God. And it crashed. So the word of God is there to guide us. It's not just for fun. The word of God is to guide us. It's written to teach us. That's why Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will teach thee and instruct thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide you with mine eyes. So the word of God is there to guide us. Especially for those of us who profess to be Christians. Our path is programmed to shine more and more. The scripture, our opening text is for the part of the just is like a shining light. And it shines more and more unto the perfect day. So in other words, as believers, our path, our life, our destiny, our calling, our assignment is to get better. What does that mean? It shines more and more. It means we are to get better daily. We are to win daily. We are to live holy daily. We are to be more God-fearing each day. What does it mean? We are to shine as light. We are to be more humble. We are to be more tolerant. A lot of Christians are not tolerant. Every little thing, they are angry and they will spoil things. You must pray for that. The part of the just is like a shining light. A light is bright, no darkness. Meaning we are to be more tolerant. We are to be more loving. We are to be more caring. We are to be more honest. If you have been coming to this church hearing the word of God and you are still lying, you are not improving. The word of God is to make you more honest. No abracadabra. Be honest. Live a honest life. That is what it means to shine more and more. It's not just about gifts. And beautiful things. The part of the just. I'm coming to explain what, who the just is. The part of the just is like a shining light. It shines more and more. It means we have to be more loving. More faithful. More faithful to God. More faithful in the things of the kingdom. A lot of us are not faithful. The moment God bless you, you're on your own. You spend like spree. You don't remember God. You don't even give back to God. That is wrong. We are to be more honest. We are to be more faithful. We are to be more godly. If you think you are godly, by the time you see godly people, you will know that you have not started race. We are to be more godly. We are to be more patient. You say you are a Christian. You are not patient. You are not even come to listen to the other side before you start condemning the person. Hear that side. Don't just judge. Don't just assume. Most of the times our assumptions are error. Wrong. We have to be more godly. More patient. More content. Be contented. The spirit of contentment must be in you. Anyway, who is a just person? The just is the one who does the right things. He, do, he does correct things. He, he will do his things in the correct way. The just is someone who lives a righteous life. The just is someone whose conscience is still there. Do you have conscience? 
You take people, you tear them down. God is watching you. If you have conscience, you won't destroy other people. If you have conscience, you won't stand in people's way. You won't run people down. We like to speak in tongues and pray. But when it comes to conscience, where is your conscience? You cheat people and you are praying in tongues. Do you have conscience? The just is someone that has conscience. The conscience is there. When you know you have wronged someone, your conscience says, I didn't do what is right. Your conscience says, please sister, I'm sorry. But when we don't have conscience, we go ahead to prophesy. Such a people say, shut up your mouth. What are you prophesying? Check your conscience. God is not interested in all these religious things we try to do. He checks everybody's heart. Is your conscience clear? You snatch somebody's husband and you are praying in tongues. You snatch somebody's wife and you are praying in tongues. Do you have conscience? The just is someone who has conscience. The just is someone who is on the Lord's side. If you claim to be a believer, I will ask you, where, where is your side? Where are you? Are you on the Lord's side? I even had Christians, pastor's wife, people saying there is nothing wrong for a Christian to watch Bibi Niger. You are not on the Lord's side. If you are truly on the Lord's side, you can't watch such things. Because they will destroy you. They will corrupt your mind. If you are on the Lord's side, watch the things you watch. How do you know you are on the Lord's side? Just check your phone. What did you load there? On your phone is nude. So what, what's the child of God? That is darkness. Most of the time we just uh, certain darkness to witches, wizard. Sin is darkness. A believer with nude on your phone, you are in darkness. It's not even only about uh, attack. No. Anything that is not right. Gossip is darkness. Mind your business. Never allow anyone to quote you. You said so and so. For 17 years as a teacher. Where I worked. 17 years. Before I left 20, some, 20, almost 25 years ago. And there are many people, Muslim, we were all in the staff room. Nobody quoted me one day. One day. Whatever I'm going to say, I will say it to your face. And when I tell you, I said, tell so and so, this is what I said. Quote me to the person. Whatever I'm not going to say, I keep, I will keep. But that I will say something behind you, I will say it to your face. Anything you cannot say to somebody's face, keep quiet. It's gossip. Are you on the Lord's side? A just person is on the Lord's side. A just person is someone who fears God. He fears God. Like Joseph, how can I do this thing? I'm sin against God. Nobody was there. But his conscience, the fear of the Lord in him will not allow him to do it. A just person is someone who reverses God, who trembles 
at the presence of God. He trembles. Do you tremble at the presence of God? How can the presence of God be going on and you pick out your phone and you are typing? You don't reference God. If you reference God, let it wait. Some of you will jump out through two, three times receiving calls in the presence of God. That's no reverence for God. The just will revere God. The just will tremble before God. Be that as it may, let's leave that because of time. The just will do the right things. Dancing in church is not what makes, makes you just. That you are in the choir does not mean you are just. That's not what makes us just. That I preach does not make me a just person. That you speak in tongue, it does not make you a just person. Thank God for good singing. That you know how to sing in the church does not make you just. That you pray in tongues does not make you just. Some people have been deceived to think, oh, I am on a mountain. That does not make you just. You can be on the mountain. A just man will do what is right. And the Bible says, the path of the just. A just man will have conscience. A just man will not cheat on his wife. A just wife will not cheat on her husband. So we're talking about just. It's not about coming to church. Paying tight does not make you just. Thank God for singing. Thank God for dancing. Thank God for tithing. They are nice. They are religious activity. But it does not make you just. They have their reward. Some people are deceived. Oh, I slept on the mountain. I've been there for 12 days. That does not make you just. It is about pleasing God to the point that he looks at you and he will say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Many of us come to church. If you check your spirit now, God is not pleased with you. That's the truth. God is not pleased with me because there are level he wants us to attain. You're just coming to church. You just look religious. But if you're going to be just, it is to the point that God now looks at you like he did to Jesus and said, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. It is pleasing God to the point that God says, this is my beloved son. When you attain this level of relationship with God, that God tells you, this is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. Until you attain that relationship with God, your path cannot shine. It will not. It's not about going to church. You must be born again. You must forsake your sin. It's not about number. It's not about coming to church. A lot of you are not born again. You must be born again or else it's a waste of time. As far as the record of heaven is concerned, you are wasting your time. You only come to add to the number. And that's risky. You must have a way to heaven, not just come to add to the numbers. And that's what 
church like today? Let just come, just come, let it be full. Without knowing where we are going. Until you reach that point that God says, You have pleased God, and now God is pleased with you. Then you are qualified. The path of the just. You see, I learned something about eagle. Eagle is one of the most strongest bird. That's why the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You know, one of the qualities of an eagle is that when eagle flies, it keeps soaring. But all other birds, once they fly to this point, they spread their wings. Other birds quickly spread their wings because they want to enjoy. They can't, they can't tarry. They can't, they can't push forward. But eagle, he will go sometimes up to 200 miles. Up. He's going. And when he gets to a point, he spreads his wings. And at that point, when he spreads his wings, if he chooses to go to India, he will just do like this. It is the wind that will now carry. It's not going to be using energy. He will go up. Other bus, once they get to this story building, they are tired. So, but you see, they have to keep doing like this, waving their wings. Because they have to keep waving. Or if they don't, they are coming down. But eagle will not stop. He will keep swearing until he get to the top and he spreads. If he spreads right in Illyria and he chooses to go to California, he's going. He doesn't need to do this. Because he reaches a realm where it is the, I don't know how to put it now, it is the principle of that thing that now carries it. It just spreads his wing. And that's the same thing. When young people today, God is blessing them. They have not even reached anywhere. They are just starting. They get 800,000, 1 million. The next thing is they use everything to buy iPhone. That's crazy. You are not like an eagle. The eagle will keep soaring first. It gets to a point. He spreads his wings. It's the same thing. The path of the just. You have to reach that point. You please God. You are content. You are humble. You are God, God fearing. You are loving. You are accommodating. You must reach that level. You see at that level. You are just cruising. I must tell you something. I'm not a perfect person. But the level I am. I've not attained the best, but I'm cruising. I am cruising. I don't have to struggle for it. I'm just cruising. And this has been for the past 25 years. It's been like that. There's a point you get to. And even in spiritual realm, there's a point you get to. And you are just cruising. Why people are saying casting down for you? Because there's a point. God cannot lie. The path of the just it's like a shining light. It's a shining light already. But each day, it only shines more. The promise of God for us in the opening text is that the path of the just. And if you want to still understand a little bit about the just, let's go to Psalm 1. It's a popular psalm, but just put it there. I can read everything, but let's just put it. 
Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The just will not participate with the ungodly. The just will not stand in the ways of sinners. Let's just leave that scripture because we're coming there. The promise of God is yea and amen. That verse of scripture and every word of God is for our guidance. It says, the path of the just. In other words, everything about the just, his path, his life, his home, his destiny, his children, everything is like a shining light. It's already shining. But each day, it shines more and more. That's his promise for us. But why do we see the contrary? Why are we not shining? Why are we not getting better? I have, I just want to share three obstacles, three hindrances that we elude you of this scripture, that we elude me of this scripture. We are supposed to live a progressive life according to this scripture. You are already shining, but you shine more and more. So God's expectation for us is to live a progressive life. But why the contrary? Why are we not progressing? Why are we facing what we are facing? What is the... And I want to see, show you just three basic things that can be hindrance to a progressive life. Especially for a believer. Because an unbeliever doesn't have a lot in this. It's meant for the believers. It's meant for the just. Because it's very clear. But the path. The path means everything about the man. The path of the just. The just stands for righteousness. Somebody who fears God. Somebody who reverses God. Somebody who will not destroy others. Somebody that God will look at and say, ah, that God will love your heart. He will look at you. You won't see evil against other people. He can search your heart. He's not saying dirty things. That's a just. So, three obstacles. Number one, anti-progressive habit. Number one, sin. Somebody says sin. Ah, your voice is low now. Since it's not about uh, breakthrough now, your voice has gone down. Let me hear you what? Spell it. Uh -huh. Shout it again. What? Sin. One of the virus that kills a person is sin. God hates sin. It's anti-progress. You will not progress. Sin breaks you down. Whatever sin represents, whether it's lying, adultery, fornication, whatever it is, if you are into sin, know that this scripture will never happen in your life. It's not a curse. Even me. Sin is one anti-progress. God hates sin. Sin is a killer of grace. 
Grace is what enables you to do things easily. But when sin enters, that grace leaves. It, sin kills grace. As strong as grace is, sin will destroy grace. God hates it. That's why scripture says in Romans 6.1 Shall we continue in sin that grace increase? So, see, for as long as you continue in that sin, in that sin, you kill the grace that God supplies. There is a grace that God supplies daily. But before the grace comes, sin has already knocked it out. So, nothing is working. Sin is a killer of grace. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound. And if you look at Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Now, grace wants to come for your need, but sin is killing the grace. So, sin is a killer of grace. In Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. Sin, you see, sin will kill your gift. You're supposed to be seeing dreams, having revelations. Before God will show you stuff, it would give you an idea of what is to come. But since you dipped your hands in sin, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So sin kills. Sin hinders you. Sin will destroy you. Sin slow you down. We will have been better than this. But for sin. So when you live a life of sin. No problem. And before you know what's happening, you are 40, you are 50, you are 60. Nothing. You achieve nothing. Everything that God planned for you, sin destroy it. Sin slow you down. Sin pin you down. Stagnant. Sin will make you stagnant. You will cheat here. You will cheat there. You think you are smart. You are not smart. Sin will hinder God's purpose for your life. It kills, sin kills glorious destiny. Look at Judas. An apostle. Sin. Love for money. 30 naira. 30 naira. He sold his master. He didn't even think about his calling. He didn't think about his apostolic calling. For 30 naira, he threw everything away. And the Bible says, let his bishops prick, another man take. Sin will push you off and your place will be given to someone else. Sin destroys. Look at Judas, he just lost everything. Unfortunately, the 30 naira, he didn't even spend it. He didn't spend it. Sin kills. People enjoy sin. They enjoy drinking, cultism, alcohol, smoking. They enjoy, the body likes sin, fornication. The body likes it. But it kills your destiny. It kills your future. Sin will bring hardship, struggle. You remember? 
Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything was made in the garden. Beautiful garden. In fact, lions sat down, chimpanzee, all kinds of animals, reptiles, python, everybody sit down. Why they were in that place? He commanded them, you go there, you go there, you go there. Lions were there. They were all sitting down. The moment he seen, he was afraid of all, all those things. He wasn't afraid before. The presence of God will come. Fellowship with him. The moment he dipped his hand into sin, he saw, ah, lion is here. Python is here. He became afraid. He was pushed out of that garden. And by the time the word of God came, he said, henceforth, you shall sweat to eat. Things will be hard for you. That's what sin does. When God said, don't do that thing, and you keep going to do it, you are, you are waiting for hardship. Hardship. Sin causes hardship. It says, because you did this, from today you shall till the ground. You will till. Everything was available before that time, but sin took him out of the garden. Now go and till the ground. Sin will cause you hardship. Another thing is sin makes you fall short of the glory of God. Look at Romans chapter 3. And look at verse 23. Look at that word. Look at that word. Romans 3 verse 23. For all have, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The glory of God is to beam on us wherever we are. The glory of God is supposed to cover us even from evil, from affliction, from bandits. We are supposed to be covered with the glory of God. But when we sin, we fall short of that glory and attacks come. Attacks easily get at you. Instead of wasting your time of all those prayers, I just, Lord, don't let me fall short of your glory. Sin causes you to fall short of the glory. Of, and the moment the glory of God leaves, you are just exposed to attacks. So sin is one thing that is anti-progressive life. Bow down your head in a minute. What sin are you struggling with? Some of us lie. Some of us pretend. Some of us don't do things the way we like. No more fear of God. Some of us, we, are, we, 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 I, we just think God is a fool. Some of us pretend. Backbite us. Ask God, Lord, those sins... That is anti-progress in my life. Help me. Is it fornication? Is it adultery? Help me. Is it lost? Are you lost? What is your own that brings you down and take the glory off you? Is it masturbation? For all I've sinned, including me, for all. Have sinned, and because of the sin, we fall short 
of the glory of God. And where the glory of God is not, there is attack. Ask God, Lord, I know I've fallen short. Let your mercy find me. Help me out of this. Let your grace find me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, just three things. Oh my God. Number two, disobedience. Write it down. Just three things I will share. You can be a Christian. You are born again. You are not stealing. You are not fornicating. You are not doing all these things. And yet, this can be in our lives. Disobedience. After sin, disobedience is what finished most people in the Bible. Disobedience. Don't eat this thing. The day you eat it, you are finished and we still eat it. Don't touch that girl. The day you touch that girl, your destiny is finished and you still went there. No amount of laying of hands and, uh, and, and olive oil poured on you. Adam, everything here you can touch. But you see, this one, the day you touch it, you are finished. He still went and touched it. Disobedience is what will finish people. Disobedience. It's a terrible thing. It's anti-progress. God gives us instruction of what he wants us to do. But we just do our own thing. Disobedience. It's an anti-progress spirit. Look at a story. First Samuel 13, 8 to 14. First Samuel 13. That's what I will just use because I don't have enough time to explain all these things. First Samuel chapter 13. And I will read from verse 8. It's the story of Samuel the prophet and Eli. Uh, and Saul, rather. Prophet Samuel and Saul. Saul was the king of Israel. And Samuel was the prophet at that time. And the two nations were into war. And God commanded Samuel, the prophet, to do a burnt offering and sacrifice with Saul before they would proceed to war. So the instruction was given. And Samuel instructed Saul, go to so and so a place, wait for me there, and I will come. We will do the sacrifice. Sacrifices are conducted by priests, not king. So you must know your role. Even in this church, you must know your role. The moment you want to double into somebody else's role, you cause problem. You must know who you are, what you are doing, what you are called here to do. And then you face it. You must know it. Priests are the one who does sacrifice. However, they can be supported by people around. But the primary assignment should be conducted by a priest. The usher should know his boundary. 
The intercessor should know his boundary. The one prophesying should know his boundary. No boundary is beyond the priest. Eli is the priest. And so the time came. The Bible says Samuel had not yet arrived. And Eli just felt, well, is it not about sacrifice? I can do it. What is in sacrifice? What is, what is in naming? Is it not just to name a child? Is it not just to do this? It's you who see it ordinary. God doesn't see it that way. There are people called for specific things. Because if you do what you are not supposed to do, you will pay the price for it. You must know who you are. Anywhere you find yourself, anywhere, know who you are. Know your boundary. Because disobedience, God hates it. So, when the time came, Eli just felt, well, since Prophet Samuel is not here, let me do it. So he went and did the sacrifice. Yours is to do a sacrifice. God is to accept it. You can do sacrifice. No problem. But it takes God for that sacrifice to be acceptable. So he went ahead and did it. Now look at what happened. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal. And the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, bring me hither a bond offering to me. And peace offerings. Good words. Is it not about peace? Fine. Bring it a bond offering. Fine. And peace offering. Fine. And he offered the bond offering. You will have thought that God will be pleased. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an head of offering the bond offering. Behold Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me. Whether they are scattered or not, it's not your, it's not your duty. Leave the duty to the one that God has called. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw the people were scattered from me. And that thou comest not within the days appointed. And that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore said I. The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal. And I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore. And offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul. Thou hast done foolishly. Don't behave foolishly in the house of God. Honor the house of God. Respect the house of God. Respect authority. Respect the set uh, government that God puts in a nation. It's, it's biblical. Don't just take things into your hand and do what you like. Don't cause havoc. Do things rightly. Or else in trying to help God, you get into trouble. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. How did an offering, a peace offering, become foolish? 
he offered peace offering, correct word. But the God saw it as foolishness. So there are certain things you will be doing, you think you are helping God, is foolishness. Look at the time those two men, when they were bringing the ark of God, why they were coming and singing and dancing. There are two guys, Usa and Ahil. When they saw that the thing wanted to fall, they rushed and the Lord smote him and he died there. He wanted to help God. In wanting to help God, you might get into a problem. Even me as a pastor, I tell people, I can't solve every problem. It's not every problem I can solve. The one I pray, if I say, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. And it doesn't come out. I'm just... It's not every problem. If you see a prophet telling you I can solve, it's a lie. We can solve every problem. Even the prophet himself has problem. Even me, I have challenges. So wanting to tell you that uh, we know everything, we have solution to it, is a lie. It's taking the place of God. God will do what pleases him. It's God that has power. If, am I the one protecting you? Once we say the grace and everybody goes, we're all in the hands of God, including the pastor himself. So sometimes the things you do in the house of God is foolishness. And you will pay the price for it. Especially when it brings disunity. When it brings confusion. When it brings hatred. When it brings division. You think you are doing what is right. You are foolish. And I say price for it. And Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For today, for now, will the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. Go ahead. The next verse. But now, thy kingdom shall not continue. What an error. What a mistake. But now, your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has taught him a man after his own heart. And the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Disobedience. Disobedience will destroy us. Whatever God tells you to do, do. Obey his instruction. Be it Old Testament or New Testament. God's instruction is God's instruction. Obey his instruction from the word of God. And obey his instruction directly to you. Just if you disobey God's instruction, you will pay the price. So, it's an anti-progress. You see, today, your kingdom will have been established forever. But for this, your action is taken away from you. You can see what disobedience does. And each day we disobey. God will bring two brothers like this to his sister. And God is saying, the one that doesn't have clothes, doesn't have shoes, who I have chosen for you, who with your eyes of this physical, you are looking at, he has this, he has that. You will take your eyes away from God and you are looking at the physical. He has two cars, he has this job, he works in shares, calculating, and you go for it. Let me ask you, when he will die? 
The one who sees tomorrow, he's saying, go here. He said, no, this is what I'm here now. Make sure you obey God's instruction. See, except I have not known God's instruction. If you know the offers I have received on, in this life. Offers. But because I chose money, me, I chose God. I'm not supposed to. If I want to be like people and jump around like others. If you know offers that comes my way. I said, I'm sorry. I won't even go. There was a particular time in this, in this state that government gave me a thousand dollars and free ticket to Jerusalem. I'm talking about, I think it should be about 20 years or more, if not more, during Saraki days. I said, I don't want. At that time, I've not even traveled anywhere. Is it not nice to go to Jerusalem and collect their one thousand dollars and change it and put it in? I refused it. Many pastors around, they will always look at me that I'm foolish. I refused it. God knows why. Anyone that comes there, even the president, they have, I didn't go there. You think we don't know how to get around people and get money from them? Buy land and build and build. Stolen money, everything. And then we come and pray in tongues here. You think God is a fool? That's why I chose the way I am. If Jesus will meet me here, he's better. He's better than we deceiving ourselves. Some have occultic money. And all this, that, oh, yeah, come and do Thanksgiving here. Then, then they donate. And Katakata enter the church. You know where it's coming from. I prefer. People have told me, ah, you know this, you know, yes, I know them, but I'm not led. Is it not better? Better is a morsel of bread in your hand. So, this is it. Don't disobey God's instruction. Finally, for my time. These are the hindrances to a progressive life. The first two is your duty. The third one is not you. But you have one role to play. And it's prayer you have to use. Three things are the enemies of progress. The three things are the anti-progress. Number one is sin. Number two is disobedience. The third one is the enemy. Write it down. The enemy. The enemy is not your uncle. Or your, grand, your, your mother-in-law. Or whatever. The enemy is the devil. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil. Get it right. It is not the people you are looking at that is your enemy. Your prime enemy is the devil. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. So, your enemy is the devil. Not that woman, not that lady, not that sister, not that brother. It's the devil. Now, the way God looks for vessels to use is the same way devil looks for vessel to use. Devil cannot perform. He needs somebody. That's why he used Judas. God too, looking for, he said, behold, I tarry and I wait for somebody to send. I found none. That's God speaking. 
God himself need people to use. That's why in Psalm 89, 20, he said, I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. So God looks for people to use. If you are available for God, he will use you. The same way that God looks for men to use is the same way Satan looks for people to use. So then the devil finds people and he gets into them and he uses them. So Satan is the arch enemy. He is a thief. John chapter 10 verse 10. He said for the thief comes but for to steal, kill and destroy. And that killer, that thief is the devil. And he can use anyone. He comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And at this point, even at this point, he threatens the righteous. So we all have enemies. He threatens the righteous. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So it means that when it comes to the issue of enemy, he doesn't spare the righteous. So we all have enemies. But the enemy of man, and especially believer, is the devil. However, the devil enters into man to use them. Now he hinders our joy. The, the, the enemy comes to hinder our joy. It comes to hinder our peace. It comes to hinder our progress. It comes to hinder our advancement. Now when it comes to the enemy, where do you find it? Don't go too far. Number one, Matthew 10, 36. A man's enemy shall be that of his household. So don't go too far. A man's enemy shall be that of his household. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. And in Micah chapter 7 verse 6, it says, A man's enemy shall also be that of his household. A man's adversary, a man's enemy shall be that of his household. For the son dishonored the father, the daughter, the, the daughter arise up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemy, a man's foe shall be men of his household. So we're talking about the enemy. Don't go too far. The enemy of this church is in this church. Okay? The enemy of this church is in this church. If you see one or two times that things were stolen here, it's the enemy within that will give information. It's scripture. The enemy, a man's enemy shall be that of his household. Let me prove it a little bit further. The first assassination that happened in the Bible. Who killed Abel? Eh? Is, is he a full animal that came to? He's his brother. <laughs> the same parents. A man's enemy. A man's foe. Shall be that of his household. Who plotted against David? Absalom. Who is Absalom to David? His son. Who's, who sold Joseph to slave? Eh? 
they came from Japan. His own people. A man's enemy shall be that of his household. And so, we all have enemies. Enemy is anti-progress. We all have them. Jesus had them. They were more Pharisees. Amongst his own people. Paul had them. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Look at what Paul said here. Wherefore we will have come unto you. Even I Paul. Once and again. But Satan. Hindered us. That Satan is people. People people are there that Satan used. You won't see Satan come here and say, I have two heads, three legs. No. It's people he used. There are Satan in your office. You won't see Satan as it were. But he uses people. But Satan hindered me. We all experience hindrance. Jesus had it. Elijah had it. Men of God before us had it. So we also have it. We know. And a man's enemy is within. And the only thing that helps is prayers. The first one you have to do. The second one you have to do. Sin and disobedience. is your own assignment. But the third one. You have to cry to God. Because the enemy can hinder one's progress. The enemy can stop one's progress. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Paul had them. In that place, he's not even called Satan here. But Satan will have to use someone. Second Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 14. Hurry up. Second Timothy, oh, the air is just here. Chapter 4 and verse number 14. Alexander, the coppersmith. Now, the reason why they put the coppersmith is there are many Alexanders. Okay? There are many James. There are many Shegun. There are many Daniel. So, they have to be specific. Alexander, the one who does coppersmithing. So, they had to single him out. Because there are many Alexanders. Alexander, the one that does copper, did me much evil. The Lord reward him. You may be saying, Paul is cursing. He's not cursing. He's just saying, the Lord reward him. Abby, whatever you do, may the Lord reward him. Whatever I do to you, may the Lord reward. It's not a cause. I've seen pastors argue, why is he causing people? It's not cause. So, so Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. May the Lord reward. He has not caused him. So, Satan, it was his followers, but turned aside to do him. So, you can see, Satan used him. There are people in the Bible, Satan used them. And we also have them. They can be in your family. Where you least expect. And there will be a thorn in your flesh. 
the same people they troubled the life of Joseph. They hindered him. They tore his coat of many colors. They put him in a pit. And then later sold him as a slave. Not knowing that they are coming back. And this same man, Joseph, when I, I, I stand to be correct, but almost 84 people left Egypt, left where they are to go and meet him in Egypt. And he still took care of them. Stand up on your feet this morning. Sin will hinder you. Disobedience will hinder you. And the enemy can hinder us. Sin can cause us not to progress. Disobedience will cause us not to progress. Whether you didn't sin or you didn't disobey. This third one, we all have it. And the key to it is to pray. I will have loved to do this, but Satan hinder me. I will have loved to expand, but Satan hinder me. It's everything. Whether ministry, some of you have businesses, some of you have dreams. I see people have poetry. I see people telling me challenges that are coming. One had poetry, did, did well, and increased those words by the next year, thinking it will be the same thing, but Satan hinder. Everything died. So whether it's ministry or personal, we want to grow. Nobody wants to remain, but there are hindrances. Everybody has it. So this morning, we're going to pray. Three prayer points. Number one, we have known that sin hinders. We're going to pray, Lord, that sin that hinders me from being a better Christian. Your own may be malice. Your own may be anger. My own may be Pride, we all know we are going to go before the Lord. Those of you who can, who, the intercessor, can you come up? Just one, one, in two, two minutes, one prayer. Can you come up? I want us to pray because don't be in a hurry. That I, because today is Thanksgiving, so we, we, we extend a little bit in our service. Been Thanksgiving Day. We need to pray this prayer. How many of you want to, you don't want to progress? I want to progress. But most of the time, it is not in God's hand, it is in our hand. A person's attitude, a person's arrogance, a person's behavior. Sometimes we even do things we don't know we are doing and it hinders us. Including me. It just hinders us. We all have it. So the first one is sin. Sin will allow us to progress. Some of us are liars. Some of you now, if they put money in your hand, you can't account for it. You can't account for it. You lie. You change. But when it's a lie. We must be honest. More honest. More. Am I honest? Even with church money. Am I, God is seeing everything. We can't hide from God. We can't hide. God looks at us. He searches our heart. We must be honest. We must be open in the things we do. Where do you go? Where do you visit? Do you still have strange men in your life? Strange women in your life? See, you think you call it enjoyment. You are you are dying. It will hinder you. Sin shall we continue in sin that grace increase? Each time you go into that thing, the grace drops. Sure. You have to start all over again. 
Instead of you to be in 400 level. Because of that sin, you go and, to, you go and do jump again to re-enter. Repent. Pent is up. The word pent means up. So each time you go into that sin, you drop. Bam! So you have to re-climb. Repent. That's what it is. And see what we do to ourselves each day. Grace is increasing. Oh, you just go into that thing. You come down. You have to struggle again to re. So very briefly, in one minute or two, you are going to ask God, Lord, give me grace above this sin. The sin that does easily beset me. Open your mouth and pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray, Lord, help me. Help me to overcome sin. Help me to be above sin. Sin of lust. Sin of pride. Sin of arrogance. Sin of without me, they can do nothing. That's a lie. If I collapse and die, ministry will continue. <laughs> it's a lie. Nobody is unreplaceable. Nobody. Including Buhari. In fact, they will replace him fast. Pray, pray, pray. That's why we're in church. We are not just here to dance and sing. Lord, I come to you. Forgive me, Lord. Help me to stay away from sin. Sin that destroys. Sin that kills. Sin. Every sin in me. That sin that does easily beset me. Help me, Lord. Are you struggling with, 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 with masturbation? Are you struggling with uh, fornication? Are you struggling with alcohol, secret drugs? What are you struggling with secretly? It will destroy you, ask God. Lord, have mercy on me. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Number two, disobedience. We are too stubborn. God said, go here. You go here. God said, go here. You go here. God said, all right, stand up. At two o'clock, stand up and pray. I'm here. My presence is here. You disobey. No, Lord, I'm tired. You disobey. Uh, I want to watch TV. You say, God say my presence is here. I say Manchester and uh, and uh, Chelsea. They want to play. Ah, I can't. God say go to church. He say no. Ah, I can't miss this match. Between you and the match and God, who is bigger? Okay, stay with the match. And since you stayed with the match, did it change you? No. We have to. Obedience to God is crucial. It may be hard. Just obey. You are the one that stands to benefit when you obey. You are going to be praying, Lord, give me the spirit of obedience to always obey your instruction. To always obey your word in the name of Jesus. I didn't see you praying. Is it because I'm not saying you should pray about a car? Because I didn't say pray for car. That's why you are doing like that. Lord, give me grace never to disobey your word, never to disobey your instruction. I will do what you ask me to do in the name of Jesus. Lord, give me grace to always obey you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Come alive, come alive, come alive. We're going to take the last prayer. And it's about the enemy. There is no one who doesn't have enemy. Jesus had them many. Even Jesus, the Savior, he had them. They hindered him many times. So it's only prayer. The enemy doesn't want us to enlarge. 
Look at that those prophets in the Bible, the sons of the prophets. The moment they said, "Let's go and enlarge," so they went and borrowed. As they were cutting, bam! The axe said, "Fair." That's attack. Satan came and hindered them, so they couldn't cut down wood anymore. And that's the same way he does it to people. It's only God that will help us to overcome. So you're going to pray, Lord. Every enemy of progress in my life. Hello? Say it after me. Every enemy of progress in my life. Cut them down before me. Pray, 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 pray. Lord, every enemy of progress in my life. Every anti-progressive enemy within and without. Lord, cut them down. Rapo shekere tekefu. In the tepo shetelegemosha. Rebra lo karo dadaya. In Jesus' name we are praying. Two more for this one. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. May God reward him. Household. Joseph, household. David and Absalom, household. Cain and Abel, household. Somebody shout and say, Father. Father. Uh, uh, you don't know. Shout it again. Father, Father, deliver me from household enemy. Because they are with you. They are always with you. You are talking to them. You are sharing your dreams. You don't know them. Somebody shout, Father, please deliver me from household enemies. Pray, 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 pray. Lord, deliver me from household enemies. Deliver me from household enemies. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name. Of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Finally, you're going to be praying, Lord, deliver me from enemy within and enemy without. You see, it's the household enemy, he will study what you are doing. One or two occasions, they came and stole uh, uh, TV screens, keyboard. So they just you think it's just easy like that? Somebody must say, You know, this is the timeline. So the enemy within is the one who gives information to the one without. Say, ah, you want to see him? He comes in by 10 p.m. Is the enemy is the one within that who will. So you're going to be praying, Lord, deliver me from enemy within and enemy without. In the name of Jesus. That's our last prayer. <laughs> Father, deliver me from enemy within and enemy without. In the name of Jesus, enemy within and enemy without. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Give Him thanks now. Give Him thanks now. Give Him thanks now. All eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus. Give Him thanks now. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch.
like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see take it one more time amazing grace how sweet the sun that saved a wretch like me. I was was lost, but now I found. Was blind, but now I see. If you're in the house this morning and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not born again yet. But you've heard the word of God. That anti-progressive life is sin. But Jesus sent his son to die for us. To wash us white with his precious blood. And if you believe in your heart that he died. And you confess with your mouth. You shall be saved. What an amazing grace. Why not take this opportunity? I want to know Jesus. And I want to be born again. Raise up your right hand. God bless that hand. God bless it. Raise it. Don't be afraid. I want to know Jesus. God bless that hand too. I want to know Jesus. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe. And I confess with my mouth that he died for me. Please raise that hand up. You are in the presence of God. God is seeing you. And what you are doing is not a joke. It's historical. It's something. God bless that hand too. It's something you will never recover from. You are just signing into a great destiny. Raise that hand. God bless that hand too. God bless that hand at the back too. God bless you. Now just, we take that song twice and you just walk towards the altar as I lead you into the prayer. Keep coming. Amazing grace. How sweet. You can come. The sound. Please church, sing that song louder. Let's sing it with meaning. Even if you already said, let it make meaning to you. Like me. Lost quiet place, John. But now I'm found. I just feel like we need to sing that song. Was blind, but now I see. Those of you concerned, close your eyes and sing. Let it mean meaning in your heart. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Sing it loud. The same, oh wretch. Let it make meaning. Be serious with the Lord in your heart. Be serious. And I was, was lost. Oh, I'm found. Was blind. But now I see. Take it again. Amen. Shout it loud, church. Grace. How 
sweet. Stand up, church, and sing it loud. That same. Let that song make meaning to you too. Like me. Hallelujah. I was, was lost. But now I'm Was blind. But now I see. Just shed for me was shed and that thou bids me to come and that thou bids me to thee O Lamb of God I come I come for the last time just me Jesus those of you in front just raise your voice say Jesus thank you for sending me your word I heard your word and I tremble before you this day I open my heart come into my heart come and rule and reign come into my heart save my soul today I give my life to you completely I give my heart to you completely. Be my Lord and Savior. From today, I confess my sins and I forsake them. I receive your gift of salvation by grace and by faith. From today, I am changed and I'm a new man. Give me a new heart. Let your blood wash me white and write my name in the book of life. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Precious Father, these are young, young people. They have heard your word and they have responded. Father, preserve them. Keep them. Seal them with that blood. And let them grow from henceforth to know you more and serve you more. In Jesus' name we pray. I believe you have been tremendously blessed. For prayers, counseling, and inquiries, please call the following numbers. Plus 234-8066-755622 or plus 234 234- Nine zero five two six 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 seven seven, or you can visit our website www dot
kingsvineassembly.org.ng. For more inspiring messages, subscribe to Reverend Shegwa Bejide's YouTube channel. Watch, like, and share. Join us also at the King's Vine Assembly, 19 Oro Road, off Ibrahim Taiwo Road, Ilori, Kwara State, Nigeria. On Sundays, we have a communion and celebration service by 9 a.m. On Wednesday, manner and prophetic service by 5.30 p.m. And on Fridays, we have the Throne of Grace service by 5.30 p.m. We also host the Moment of Miracles with Jesus on the first Wednesday to Friday of every month by 5.30 p.m. We're looking forward to seeing you. Join us same time next week. God bless you.